0: Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 48. A huge thank you goes out to everyone who supported the launch of my new book, Unstoppable, Nine Principles for Unlimited Success in Business and in Life. We have now become an international bestseller, number one in 30 different categories, 11 of which are international. So thank you. And to those of you that haven't gotten your copy yet, pause this episode and head on over to Amazon today and grab your copy of Unstoppable, Nine Principles for Unlimited Success in business and in life. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host Kelly Roach and I am excited to be here today with Matt Miller. Matt, welcome to the show.
1: Hey Kelly, thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. So let me share with you guys just a little bit about Matt, and then we're going to go ahead and dive right into what I know is going to be just an incredibly interesting and informational interview here. So Matt Miller spent the first nine years of his career as an Air Force pilot before entering the private sector to work in both the medical device and advertising industries. While a top performer in the corporate world, his long-term desire was to be his own boss, just like so many of us. A good friend one day mentioned, the Gumba Machines that he and his young daughters owned, and that conversation began a ten-year business quest that has brought Matt's company, School Spirit Vending, to the cutting edge of both the vending and school fundraising industries. I cannot wait to dig into this today. Today, School Spirit Vending is a franchising program provides a proven profitable business system for busy professionals and their families who are looking to develop a secondary income stream while raising millions of dollars for education at the same time. Matt, this is awesome. I am so so excited to dive into this today.
1: Man, I wish that that guy sounds pretty wild, man.
0: (laughs) I know. It's great hearing that, right? (laughs) All right. So, Matt, let's get into this. So you were in the Air Force and then you make this sharp, you know, turn into entrepreneurship. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, I loved what I did as a pilot in the Air Force, Kelly. But to be honest, it wasn't my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the Air Force Academy for college, was blessed to have the opportunity to do that. Uh, the reason why I went though was because it was, it was my one chance to go to school away from home, Got it. Um, not to be in the military or to be a pilot or whatever. And when I got to my junior year at the Academy, we had to decide what our career path was going to be. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I found out that if I was medically qualified to fly and chose not to i had to go talk to the three-star general in charge of the academy and tell him why i didn't want to fly so i didn't want the facetime so i became a pilot (laughs)
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, I talk a lot on this show about sometimes like in life, you kind of get cattle herded into something and then you wake up one day and you're like, wait a second, like this isn't even what I want to be doing with my life. Um, So tell me about kind of that, that moment for you. So you, you didn't want to do that. You said, okay, I'm going to do the pilot thing for a while. You get into it. And then what was the breaking point where you were like, okay, something's got to give, it's time to make a change.
1: Well, I found really quickly, um, Uh, by the way, I'm grateful for all the chance that I had. I loved what I did. But when I was flying what's called the C5, which is a huge cargo airplane, actually the second largest in the world, um, the airplane pretty much flies itself. And you get to be where literally you're kind of a glorified bus driver, believe it or not. Mm. Um, You know, flying all over the globe, was amazing getting a chance to travel to all kinds of cool places and many not so cool. But the reality is the airplane does its thing and you sit there and monitor gauges for hour upon hour upon hour at a time. And so I really didn't feel like my skills and abilities were being utilized to their fullest uh, as a pilot. I also knew that the divorce rate is extremely high for airline pilots. Mm -hmm. And that's where the majority of my peers uh, went after uh, their time in the Air Force. And I didn't get married, um, you know, to be a pen pal to my wife. I got married to be there day in and day out and, and to enjoy and spend life together. So my desire to focus on my family and also to to do something much more challenging and kind of make my way outside of flying really was what led me to to step away after um, my time in the Air Force was up. Now, what was kind of interesting is I made a transition to begin with to the corporate world. And believe it or not, the biggest challenge I had to overcome in interviewing uh, the companies that I interviewed with coming out of the service was why they should believe that here I was with millions of dollars of training as a pilot, why they should believe that in six months, I wouldn't turn tail and run back to flying somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, so why was I committed to do something so drastically different? And why should they, you know, invest their money and training and everything in me making that transition?
0: Right. 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 Yeah. So, no, that that's a big leap. So you made the transition into the corporate world. And how long did you stay in the corporate world for?
1: About 11 years.
0: Okay. All right. Great. So had some good successes. I'm sure experienced the ups and downs, the round, the round, the whole thing. And then how does this whole vending business get started? Like, I really want to hear more about this.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of wild. I ended up about three years into my corporate career working um, in the, starting working in the advertising space. And in my first full year uh, with a company I worked with called Velasis, I was number two sales rep in the country of 750 reps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the discipline and all I'd learned in the military, some other skills along the way, coupled with being at the right place at the right time, you know, propelled my uh, my sales numbers um significantly. And what ended up happening is my boss didn't like the accolades I got so quickly. Mm -hmm. She didn't think I deserved them. And so the next year she increased my quota 96%. Uh, To give you an idea, the typical quota increase in the office at the time was between five to 10%. Mm -hmm. So I went from being a hero to a zero overnight. I took about a 80000 dollar pay cut the next year based on commissions and bonuses mm-hmm. because of that decision. And my family all of a sudden was in a world of hurt financially. Mm-hmm. And all I had to do was look at the compensation plan to realize that there was no way for me to work out of the hole I was in. Right. So I started looking to do things on the side. I sold books online on Amazon and eBay and a Libris for a number of years. My, my garage looked like a library there for a right. while. Right. With aisles and aisles of books. You know, we collected aluminum cans. I did some multi-level marketing stuff, a bunch of different things. But the challenge was none of them were something that I could really rely on mm-hmm. um, for stability and security for my family. And none of them met Robert Kiyosaki's criteria in Rich Dad Poor Dad of being passive income streams. Yeah. And I was measuring everything I was doing against his his philosophy. So when a good buddy of mine at church mentioned the whole gumball thing, I was like, okay, so gumballs are only a quarter, but it's something that I can do and not detract from my corporate career. Yep. I can work it on the side and I don't have to be there as those vending machines are selling for me all over the place. Right. So I did a bunch of research and kind of taught myself the vending business over the next year and a half. Uh, my first machine was literally, is either 32 or 35 bucks. I got it off eBay used. It was a candy and gumball machine from a guy across Houston because that's where we lived at the time. And I'll never forget loading up my two oldest kids in my 98 Honda Accord. And we drove across town to pick up that machine one Saturday. And I went out from there and just started knocking on doors and learning the process by doing And fast forward a year and a half later, I had about 150 locations around Houston, was doing very, very well with this side income that I had developed. And then 07 and 08 hit. And because a lot of my locations were restaurants or businesses um, that people had to choose to go to, uh, you know, our income took a significant hit once again because of the economy. Mm -hmm. Right around that time, I had four young kids come knocking on my door in the span of a couple of weeks trying to sell me something for the local school fundraisers. And what struck me is I didn't know any of these kids. They didn't have their parents with them. And they're out knocking on doors, essentially being salespeople for the school. And that made me uncomfortable because I, par- I had kids right around the same age. And there's no way I would have let my kids out mm-hmm. you know, on their own to do something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I thought, well, maybe I can tie this whole vending thing with school uh, fundraising. Since I had spent nearly 10 years in the print media world, um, I knew a little bit about printing and I knew how to direct des- designers to create what I wanted them to create. So the whole idea of coming up with custom stickers with mascots and all that type of thing for school kind of came from my past experience and, and those kids come and knocking door to door. And uh, started figuring out how to get the word out. and, And this thing completely took off.
0: I love it. I love it. So I want to go back for a second, Uh, Matt. You talked a little bit about how you learned by doing, which, you know, I I talk about all the time. You know, I think the most important entrepreneurial skill set is your willingness to get into imperfect action, your willingness to put yourself out there and just do it and and learn in that process. And of course, there's many things you can do along the way to accelerate that. But so tell me, you know, so you have this gumball machine and you're like, okay, I have this scumball machine and then you said you just basically went out and started knocking on doors so like tell me a little bit about that like you just basically started calling places and stopping by and saying hey you know like tell me what that looked like
1: I would literally walk up to a strip center in my town Uh and start at the business on the far right and literally go door to door to door through the entire strip center and what I'd learned in my years in, of sales was that it's a numbers game, right? And whether it be selling advertising or whether it be setting up vending machines, it's the same concept. So true. You, you, you talk to enough people, yep. you work the numbers and and you have success. And if you're willing to put up with the no's and let them roll off your back, you're unstoppable. And yes. so every no that I got, Took me one step closer to a yes. Yep. And I I mean it there's no secret to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In
1: sales, in in any of that, it's numbers. You have to get in the trenches and work the numbers. There's no microwave, you know, society, you know, just roll over and it's there tomorrow. No, you have to get out there and do the grunt work and embrace that grunt work because that is what's going to yield the results you want.
0: Well, I completely agree. I couldn't agree more. And I also think that in building passive income, that's why so many people never actually get to the place of creating passive income because there's kind of that misconception that it's like this easy thing that you set it and forget it. Well, you have to do the work up front and you have to actually do the sales and and set it up and do all the work to build a foundation. And then later you get to reap the reward and benefit of that. But it certainly doesn't come without the same intentional action, strategy, and and getting in the trenches, just like you said. So now walk me through a little bit of how this works now with the schools, like in terms of getting these these fundraisers set up and, and how the whole thing ties together.
1: Well, what we provide to the schools that nobody else does is we provide hassle-free fundraising for them. The things that are at a premium today in a, the school environment is volunteers and there's always a shortage of money. Mm-hmm. And so when we come into a school and show them how they can utilize our program, literally we do all the work. All they have to do is cash a check every month. Um, light bulbs go off for them. Mm-hmm. And now it's been a paradigm shift, and it took us a while to kind of get schools to understand the value of what we do and that it's it, that it's real, right? right. And in their mind, it almost sounds too good to be true. But you know, we've slowly begun to pick up steam. And here we are today, working in and out of nearly 2,000 schools across the country. Uh, Our franchise team is about 50 strong, and we're in 26 or 27 states and are growing like a weed. Um, I've got a pipeline of folks interested in our business that is going to take me months to work through as we go through the interview process because what we're doing is resonating with people. There's a lot of people that are extremely busy like I was, but looking for a way out or mm-hmm. looking at least for a spare tire of income.
0: Exactly. So that
1: in the event that they get laid off or something, they've got options. Yep. So to start with, we teach them how to do that with our business, but then as a serendipity of that, and because our company is focused on family and developing families and multi, multi-generational businesses, as a family or as a father, father or mother, they also get to teach their kids entrepreneurship along the way as they're working together to put a business together. And, um, so both those messages are resonating big time with the folks that are hearing about what we're doing. Um, believe it or not though, the family aspect is what most people cite as the reason why they reach out because they don't get exposed to that or don't have the ability to bring their family into what they do in most cases full time. So it's, you know, I'm doing my work thing. You guys do your thing. And sometime when I'm able to come home, we'll spend a little time exactly. together. Exactly.
0: Fam- yeah. No, that's huge, Matt. I love I love bringing the family together. And you know, one of the things I have a young daughter. She's she, you know 22 months old. And you know, I think every day I think you know what is my plan? How am I going to teach her an entrepreneurial mindset? How am I going to make sure she has that advantage? You know, growing up and that she learns that skill set from a young age. Because as you said, it's very dangerous to be relying solely on an income that someone else is responsible for or in charge of. And and we can see with the economy. I mean, whole industries are being built and whole industries are being erased day by day, and so I love this concept because it gives people, like you said, it's like that added extra tire, it's that you know that extra padding, you know that that a lot of families today could really use um, to keep themselves, you know, in, in the green every month. So let's talk a little bit, Matt. You know, for the individuals that do this on the side now, that this army that you're building out there that is creating passive income for their families. What does that look like? And, and how does someone get started with that?
1: Well, of course, as a franchisor, we have systems in place to teach them every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And so- The benefit of partnering with someone like us is the fact that we have the ability to accelerate the process from point a to point b for somebody because what we do is proven to work and we've gone through all the headaches and the heartaches and we've figured out all the how-to's along the way so whereas it took it's taken me eight years to get here Mm -hmm. and it took me about four years to actually get to where i could step away from my corporate career uh, for good, we can accelerate that process because they have the ability to benefit from the wisdom that we've derived in that eight plus year period of time. Um, so we get folks started. We've got an extensive training program that they go through. We establish a, a, a territory for them geographically within their area that is protected. So they're the only ones that have the ability to work there. Yeah. And, and then we sh- teach them the systems that we've put in place to go out there and start putting together a business that they can be proud of and that their family can live off of. Now, one of the values that is important to me was and is the fact that, you know, with my kids, oftentimes we want to, we want to take away all the struggle, right? Because, you know, if if we've been able to do better, we want our kids to kind of stand on our shoulders. Well, you know, that's actually one of the worst things we can mm-hmm. do as parents. Yeah. And it's the same thing in business. You know, this is not a get rich quick thing. This is not a something for nothing thing. Right. We we don't take away the struggle that you and your family will go through in order to put a business together. That's right. We guide you and we help you, but ultimately, you know, you're going to have to learn some new things. We'll teach you those new things and be with you, with you every step of the way. But, ultimately you know it's going to be on your shoulders to put it together and it's exciting because i was an a struct instructor pilot in the air force for six years so i got to see somebody who didn't know how to fly at all within six months time you know have have wings uh in the air force and be a full-fledged pilot i took somebody who knew nothing about the airplane i flew a month and a half later they were flying solo and doing it on their own. And I got such a kick and rush out of that process. Well, I don't fly anymore, but in business, I get the same rush because I see families get started, most of which have never owned a business. They know nothing about vending. They know nothing about fundraising or schools. And we teach them and then just watch them grow and flourish as they work through, um, you know, their own story, right? Of of putting this together for them and their families.
0: Beautiful. I love it. So I am really big on rituals. I live by rituals. I think that, you know, most successful people have their own rituals that they live by. They're highly disciplined. They have certain things that they do no matter what. Can you share with us, Matt, just a few of those things that are no matter what for you when it comes to growing your business?
1: You know, no matter what, I'm up early just about every day. Now there are some days that I like to sleep in a little bit, like like the next guy. But you know, I'm regularly up 5 a.m. Uh, mm-hmm. if not earlier. I find that because the rest of the world around me is isn't going to get started for another another couple hours, it gives me valuable time. Number one, to to meditate and pray. Uh, but also just to cage my my mind for the day and the tasks at hand, and then it allows me to actually get in the work, into the trenches, and get some work done before everybody else is up and about, and and it's potentially a distraction in my day. Um, that has been huge for me. You know, something else that I've been lacking for a number of years, but in the last uh, three months or so has, has been huge for me is I have hired a, um, well, actually I I've hired a number of coaches, but I have a personal trainer I work with now. Mm -hmm. Now here's the rub and here's why I hadn't done anything for years. I don't have time to go to the gym. I hate that environment. So I had to find a way that I could make it work within the constraints of my life and what I know, you know, works best for me. And, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with a guy by the name of Pat Flynn. Pat's got one of the top business. Anyway, I I had lunch with Pat here um, a couple of months ago in San Diego, and we were talking about, you know, working out and that type of thing. And he actually introduced me to his personal trainer, which is actually a guy who does training remotely. So this guy's out out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Here I am in central Texas. Well, that, all the light bulbs came on for me at that point, because here was a guy that I could literally work with in my office on a daily basis. He's there. I'm here. I told him, Jeff, I I don't have any weights. I'm not going to the gym. I need you to put something together that fits my life. And he's formulated a, a workout program that allows me to know more conveniently than is possible work out at least five days a week and, and get a better control over my health and, and get, you know, in better shape and that type of thing. Something I know I've needed to do for a long time, but I just, you know, I couldn't find the right mix given how busy I am with, mm-hmm. with uh, homeschooling our kids and running our, our businesses and, and, you know, being active in my church and that type of thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's great. And I'm glad you brought up that example because, you know, we just did an episode here about a week ago, you know, and and a lot of what we were focused on was, you know, why goals break down and why things, you know, that are well intentioned don't happen. And I think a lot of it is, you know, it's that final step of setting up a system that actually works for you. and and is specifically designed for you, given your current circumstances. So I love that example, because I think it's, it's just such a prime, you know, showcase of why it's so important to not only look at the goal, but look at how you're going to make the goal real and how you're going to make the goal fit within your life, not try to shape your life around the goal, because it just never works over the long term, right?
1: Well, you got to keep it simple also. I've also learned I have to change one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And so I'll give you a great example. One of the things Jeff provides on top of the personal training is that he's got a coach that he works with, you know, on diet and, and all that kind of stuff as well. Well, with everything going on in our business, I did not have time for the first couple of months to do and get in the mode of working out every day, and then also completely potentially change my diet. Mm -hmm. So we started out with the working out stuff. And now this week, Betsy and I are finally gonna start talking about the, the food side of things. But if I had tried doing both at the same time, I would have been a total wreck. I probably would have stopped already And I wouldn't be any further along because I know that I've got to pace myself and I got to focus on one thing at a time, changing habits one at a time. And if I do that, I'll have success. But if I overload myself with too much stuff. I fail miserably at all of them.
0: No, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I think that's that's for all of us as well. I think that's a great that's a great point. So just to kind of bring it all together, Matt, I mean, you have this great business, you're building passive income, you're scaling, you're in like, what, 23 states now, I think you said, what are some of the top, you know, learnings that you've had on your entrepreneurial journey that you would share with the Unstoppable Success Army that's looking to increase their success and rapidly grow their business?
1: A couple things. First off, you have to get started today. There are too many people out there, Kelly, that are getting ready to get ready to get ready to get uh-huh. ready to do something. You know, I call it knowledge constipation. They uh-huh. feel like they've got to have every i dotted, every t crossed. You know, all the ducks in a row. That never is going to happen. So stop kidding yourself and just get after it. Yeah. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. You're going to fail a lot. Learn to get comfortable doing that and learn from each one and move forward in the process. The reason why we've gotten to where we are today is I have failed miserably a ton of times. And that's the thing that's that I have found over the years, you know, separates successful people and entrepreneurs from others is you're not going to have all the answers. You know, initially we started our business for like high school and junior high kids, you know, temporary tattoos, sporting events and, and all that stuff. And what we found out real quick is the older kids don't interact with our machines. So we pivoted, we failed in my original business model, but along the way we learned what would, excuse me, what would work. And here we are today, Um, better because of it. But if I had just kept thinking about this, I never would have failed to, you know, to get right. where we are.
0: Right, exactly. I couldn't agree more. It's the one thing every interview I do when they ask me, you know, what would you do differently or what would you change on your journey? The only thing I would change is I would have started my business sooner. That is the only change I would have made. So I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that's great advice for everybody listening. And you started the interview the same way. And you said you just got out there, you started knocking on doors, and you made it happen. So I think that's just a prime example of what's possible when you get out of planning mode and into action and really commit to making it happen so matt you were an incredible guest today i want to thank you so much for being here with me and i know that there's probably people listening that want to get in touch with you want to learn more about what you do may even be you know potentially interested in partnering what is the best way for them to get in touch with you
1: Kelly, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to give away an ebook to your audience, to anybody who's interested. Um, It's real short. It's just a few pages, but it's called Live Your Dreams, The Top 10 10 Reasons Why You Need to Start a Vending Business. And it shares some insights that I've learned over the years with what I do in vending. Um, The best way to get that is actually at the Unstoppable Success Radio Podcast's personalized landing page. Um, it's at ssvbusiness.com forward slash unstoppable. And folks can go there, learn a little bit more about me and our company and what we do, and then download that as well. And, you know, if they just want to reach out and just ask questions about anything, you know, maybe the franchise side of things doesn't make sense, but they'd love to learn more about vending, even gumballs for that a matter. I'd love to, to help any way I can. And for those folks, they can just reach me at matt at com.
0: Excellent. And thanks so much for putting that together for our listeners, Matt. We will definitely link back to that in the show notes. So any final resource or parting words that you want to share with our guests before we wrap things up today?
1: You know, Kelly, the other learning I would just say is you have to to get around people that are going to make you better, one of the best decisions I made a couple of years ago was in hiring a coach. Today, I have, like I said a minute ago, three different coaches. They are—they're all for different things. One is a business and life coach, a good, good, a great guy by the name of Aaron Walker. Um, I've got a guy by the name of Scott Beebe who's helping me with business processes and systems and. Organizational structure and that type of thing, and then of course I've got Jeff McMahon, who's who's my personal trainer. You know, athletes all have coaches, teams have coaches. We all should have coaches as well. And um, the growth that we've seen in the last two years, I can attribute primarily to the fact that I've gotten people around me that keep me honest, that keep me on my toes, that keep me accountable. And because of that, I'm moving forward every single day with under their guidance and, and coaching and mentorship.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I wholeheartedly know and believe that that my business has grown exponentially because of the coaching that I've received and the key mentors that have supported me along the way. And, you know, for everyone listening, you know, those Olympic level athletes, those professional athletes, all the people at the top of their field they didn't get there and then hire a coach. They hired a coach that helped them get there. That's why you'll never find a professional athlete that didn't have a coach um, before they made it to that level. So I think that's a great final note to end on and I thank you for everything that you shared with our listeners today and um, just to wrap things up since Matt kind of ended on that note I will share that I have put together a special component um, ebook to go along with this week's episode which is five things you need to know before hiring a business coach it's how to shortcut your process of determining who is the right person to help you take your business and life to the next level and you can visit kellyroachcoaching.com on the show notes page and access that right there. So Matt, thank you so much. And to everyone listening, until next time, dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Are you an entrepreneur or an inspiring entrepreneur that hopes to build a successful six or seven figure business? Head on over to Amazon and grab your copy of my new book, Unstoppable, Nine Principles for Unlimited Success in Business and in Life. This is the roadmap. It's the playbook and the cliff notes that myself and my high-performing clients are using to catapult our business growth and impact our incomes. Grab your copy today by heading on over to Amazon.